0: Assalamu salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You are listening to the Qalam Podcast Hurdle Series, a study of Imam Ghazali's Minhajul Abideen by Sheikh Mikhail Ahmed Smith. Jazakullah khair for your continued support, and we pray that this is beneficial. As salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. As salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. As salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. وَعَلَىٰ wa وَصَحْبِهِ وَسَلَّمُ اللَّهُمَّ إِنَّا نَسْأَلُكَ حُبَّكَ وَحُبَّ مَنْ يُحِبُّكَ وَحُبَّ عَمَلٍ يُقَرِّبُنَا إِلَىٰ حُبَّكَ يَعْحَمَ الرَّاحِمِينَ We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us His love. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the love of the actions that will gain His love. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the love of those people that He loves. Um, we're in our sessions going through this book of Imam Ghazali ta'ala. And Imam Ghazali in this book has written a beautiful book describing the path to worship Describing the journey that each person is on back to Allah, the journey of worship for each believer And Imam Ghazali explains to us that as we're on this journey there are things that come up in the way He calls them valleys, we call them hurdles, things that you have to get over, you have to get around and if you don't get around them, if you don't get over them, then you won't be able to continue on this journey of ibadah, this journey of worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have to start off with the Qur'an. The Qur'an teaches us that our, our, our purpose ليعبدون, That the beautiful thing that I discovered when I accepted Islam, and I think all of us when we rediscover Islam, the beautiful thing that we discover is that ultimate purpose. Why am I here? What am I here for? And the Quran most eloquently tells us that our purpose is to establish a relationship with Allah. And the relationship is done by following, emulating the example that Prophet Muhammad, alayhi gave us. So Imam Ghazali has been laying out these hurdles that we get over. And for the last few weeks, we've been discussing the fourth hurdle. And basically the way Imam Ghazali broke down the fourth hurdle, he said that, in order for you to truly worship Allah, you can't be preoccupied mentally. You have to be mentally clear in order to truly worship Allah. And so this fourth hurdle that we've been discussing, and we're gonna wrap it up today, the fourth hurdle, is everything that preoccupies the mind, uh, everything that preoccupies the mind, it won't allow you, that won't allow you to worship Allah. And I think that's beautiful, because what that means is a part of the necessity of becoming a true worship of, of Allah Is that it should give you peace of mind and tranquility Whether you look at it as worship gives you tranquility Or whether you look at it from the perspective of I have to have this peace of mind in order to truly worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala However that cookie crumbles The point is that with the worship of Allah comes this this peace of mind And so the first thing, just to recap so that we're all on the same page He said the first thing that will make you mashgul, make you too busy Preoccupy, the mind is your Uh, Your worry for sustenance Your worry for your your daily bread Your your worry for what we call in Arabic Your rizq And so he said the solution to that is Is called tawakkul in Arabic It means complete reliance on Allah It means realizing the one that Has provided you since you were in the womb of your mother Is the one providing you right now When you're 40 years old, 30 years old or 20 years old The provider is the same and what he taught us was stop looking at the means and looking at the one, and look at the one who created the means. That's the objective for every believer. So the first thing that preoccupies us is this worry for our risk or our sustenance. Where are we going to eat from? So he said, you got to get over that. And we talked about that. But then he said, the second part of this thing that preoccupies you is, is what we talked about last week. And it was a really heavy one. Imam Ghazali, he said that in life, there are tough decisions to make. And the nature of the believer is Wallahu wa antum la We know in our heart that Allah knows where true good is And we really don't know I don't know if that job is good for me I don't know if that school is good for me I don't know if that spouse is good for me But Allah truly knows And he said the way that you pass this part of the hurdle Is you have to learn how to let go and let God You have to learn how to let go and say I'm going to do this but only Allah I'm going to do this if you know this is good for me So he said, we always turn back to Allah in everything. And even when we set out on a path, and this is clutch for every Muslim, we always begin with inshallah. Because inshallah actually means that, oh Allah, I only want to walk down this path if you know this to be good for me. And if it's not good for me, oh Allah, take this away from me and put me on another path completely. And the only way one door opens is when another door closes. So now he brings us to the third. What are we talking about? We're talking about the things that will preoccupy your mind and prevent you from truly worshiping Allah. And he says, number three, al <laughs> wa He says, the divine decree, what's written, what's written for you in your lot, what's written for you in your life. He says, many of us get stuck on this. It'll, we worry too much about what's written for me. And he says, unless you... Understand today's lesson, you won't be able to truly worship God. So let's get into it. He says, He says, The only way that you'll get over this part of the hurdle is to develop within yourself a quality. The quality in Arabic is called Rida. Rida means contentment or being pleased. It means to be pleased, it means to be happy, it means to be pleased. When we talk about the companions of the Prophet, Abu Bakr, Umar Uthman, all of these great people, the quality that they have that the Quran uses is Rabdiallahu Anhum, Wa that he was pleased with them, God, that is, Allah, and they were pleased with Allah. So he says the only way to deal with qadar or your, your destiny, what's written for you, the only way that you can deal with that is to become pleased with it. Let's read what more what he says. He says there's two reasons why. He says, number one, lil because if you don't become content, pleased with what Allah has written for you, then you won't be able to free yourself to worship God. Why? When you're not pleased with what God has written for you, you're gonna be worried all the time, upset, frustrated. Why is this? Why is it like this for me? And he says, all you will say all day is, why is it like this for me? Why is it like that for me? Why is it this way? Why isn't it this way? And, And you know what I thought about? You know, the question why is an important question for the believer, but it has to come at the right time. The question why for the believer is important because why stops you from action. You get that analysis paralysis type thing when you start questioning why? Which is beautiful because the believer should actually question why before the action. Before you jump into it, start with why. Why am I doing this? Because that's the motivation, that's the intention. But what he's teaching us here is when, when, when life comes at you and what Allah has written for you comes at you, if you engage in lima at this time, which is why, lish, why, why is this? He says, now you're so preoccupied on the why, you're not focused on what God wants from you. I'm going to say it again. You're so focused on the why, that you're not able to focus on, see what God wants from you in this moment. فَإِذَا اشْتَغَلَ الْقَلْبُ بِشَيْءٍ مِنْ هَذَا Once your heart become so focused on why me? Why this? Why is it written for me like this? Once these worries come in, كيف للعبادة? How will you ever have space and freedom to truly worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He says, your heart is one. You filled it with worries. You filled it with frustration, with what's written for you. And now you can't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how is there room for you to remember Allah? How is there room for you to focus on the Akhirah? He says, um, he says, there was a sheikh. He used to say this quote, Innal Hasrata Al-Umur al Your regret over past stuff. It's written for you already. That's you. That's your destiny. That's what it is. Your, what's written for you, your regret over that. And your constant planning for what's coming, هذه, takes away the barakah of this moment right here. Live in this moment. Focus on what God wants from you in this moment right here. Um, I think this is a tough one for us. And the reason why this is tough for us is because all of us collectively are in such a, a, a deep, deep trauma of what is happening to our ummah collectively in Philistine and Gaza. But I need you to understand something, though. In our previous halaqat, we've talked about what God wants from us in this moment. But what he's talking about right now is focusing on your relationship with God right now, not the calamities of others, but the things that happened in your life. See, here's the deal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this dunya in a sense, in a way where there's necessary difficulty inside of it. And the narrations of the Prophet wasallam, the narrations tell us over and over again that there are difficulties in life. And listen to this narration <speaking in Hebrew> The Rasul he said, calamities, hardships will come in life. And there's two reactions. You can choose contentment and pleasure with what God has sent your way. And that doesn't mean we don't fight to change what's wrong. I'm going to talk about that specifically. But what I'm trying to sell you is you on the way here on the highway, you get a flat tire. How do you respond to that? You have difficulties at work with, again, Becky HR, you know, we, we always talk about her. She giving you trouble at work. Right? Things that are happening in life How are we interacting with them And what he's teaching us here is something profound He says you can look at it from the perspective Of someone that loves Allah When the one that loves Allah sees these things They become content with it Because they know who's in control So the hadith says The one who chooses to be pleased With what they have been given by God Allah gives them love and صحيتا, whoever chooses to be upset with their lot, with their portion, with their share, with their qadha. Whoever chooses to be upset, صحت, for them is nothing but the anger of God and anger of them own selves. I've said it many times. You get out the car, kick the, kick the tire, you just hurt your toe. You're not hurting Allah. You're not hurting the maker of the car. You're hurting yourself. And so what, we're, what, we, what he's teaching us here is how to deal with the difficulties that, w- that we encounter. So he goes forward. He says, the second reason that you have to develop or this pleasure with what God has ordained with you, he says is um, because of the danger of, of being angry with God. The, anger, the, the, the danger of being angry with God. He says, in reality, this word sukht It means that, uh, hear this out, yo. Whenever you find yourself angry with God, you got to stop for a moment and really check yourself. Because when qavah hits you, it's supposed to humble you, not make you arrogant. Hold up, no, hold up. When qavah, when God's ordainment hits you, you're not supposed to react with anger. Anger comes from a place of arrogance. The abd, we respond with a place of uh, humility. What does God want from me in this moment? So he says, what is, what is being angry mean? What is being discontented with God's decree mean? He says, ghayr to think about something other than what God has ordained and thinking, you know, that would have been better for me. How do you know? How do you know? So here, I want to I wanna highlight something because I think due to, the, to what we're seeing around us, it's extremely hard for us to come to terms with this concept. So I, I want us to understand something. The, the, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He taught us this principle We started this whole halaqa weeks ago With this one hadith The Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi He said paradise is surrounded by difficulties Paradise is surrounded by difficulties And hellfire is surrounded by ease The concept there Is that to get to Jannah you have to grind You have to go through hardship You have to do what's hard To do and search out god's pleasure because jannah is what jannah is god's pleasure paradise is god's pleasure so to get the pleasure of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it necessitates grinding through things that are difficult now what is difficult all so much the ibadah all of the worship sometimes is difficult the sins that are before us those are difficult the hardships are difficult as well. What I need you to understand is that the struggle through the hardship pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you're actually going for what pleases God. And so I'll give an example. There's one narration where the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa he says, uh, whoever sees a wrong and is displeased with it, not ravah, displeased with it, then this person gets the reward of being absent and fighting against that thing. The one who sees the wrong and is displeased, displeased, sees the wrong. What I want you to understand is we're searching for God's pleasure. And sometimes God's pleasure means I'm going to fight my utmost against what God dislikes. I'm going to strive my utmost to change what's wrong in this world because there's where I find the pleasure of God. So by no means does being contentment, being content and pleased with God's, uh, God's or- ordainment mean that we don't struggle. We don't strive. We don't push through. In fact, Imam Ghazali in al Illumadeen, he wrote very clearly. He said, some people think that being pleased means never." Lifting a finger to change what wrong, what's wrong. He says, this is jahal mahvun. He says, this is pure ignorance. Because the Rasul ﷺ, our Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him. He was the most content, but he struggled against wrong, dhulm, and tried to change all of those things. <laughs> One time, Umar ibn Khattab, there was a, there was a plague that broke out in, in an area. And the Sahaba were like, you know, we trust God. So like... Are we supposed to sit here and just like stay here or are we supposed to dip? And Omar, they asked Omar. Omar's like, we're out, yo. We're leaving. And so somebody asked Omar, "Atafirru min Are you running from God's decree? He said, yeah, from God's decree to God's decree. We're running from it to it. So the, the point is, by no means, it's quite the, does, does contentment with God's decree mean we're not going to struggle, strive, jihad of the mouth and the pen, whatever it may be, to remove a wrong because the objective is seeking out God's pleasure. What Imam Ghazali is teaching us right now, however, is quite different. Imam Ghazali is teaching us to develop a, a quality of contentment, what God has written for me, because if I'm not content all day, all I'm saying is why? Why did I get the deadbeat dad? Why did I get the absentee mom? The focus is not why. Your job right now is to focus on the blessings you have and push through. Push through, focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you say, let me give an example. I'm going to give an example. The Prophet alayhi salatu The best example, just we, we have to just look at his life. The Rasul alayhi salatu was salam towards the uh, like 10th year in Mecca, he had no support anymore. He had nobody. Khadijah passed away. Abu Talib was gone. He was alone. And he was looking for someone to help him. So you guys know the story. He leaves Mecca and he goes to the neighboring city Ta'if. And he goes there for support. And Aisha once later in life, she asked him, she was just sitting with him, laying with him. And she says, what was the worst day? What was the worst day that you've experienced from your ummah? And according to many, it's this moment he, he narrates. He goes, there was this day that I went to Ta'if and I went to ask for support. So he was leaving his city. He was content with God, but knowing God wants him to struggle for good. That's what I want us to understand. He was content with the life of simplicity. He was content and happy and pleased with the life of of, of, of a little bit of difficulty. But when it came for huck and truth, he never left any stone unturned. He kept working. So he leaves the Ta'if. And I'll be quick with the story so that we can get through everything today. But the story is that he's rejected from Ta'if and he's stoned. He, they literally set up two lines of people and everyone just stone after stone is throwing stones at his ankles and his face and his body. And he's trying to leave. And every time a stone would hit his blessed ankles, he would bend down to cover himself up. And then they would pick him back up, keep walking. And, and he left the city and he's completely, he's, he's beat. He's bloody and he's exhausted. And this is where the quality of contentment and being pleased with Allah is exemplified in his life. He says these words, Allahumma, O oh Allah. See, when we're, un, when we're upset, we start complaining. That's what happens. Why this? Why that? It should have been this. But look at his response. Oh Allah, I complained to you about my own weakness. Well, hold up. Hold up. He just did everything he could. But he says, no, no, no. I need to focus on me right now. What didn't I do enough of? This was every moment. Let's be real. He has every reason to be like, y'all. Allah, why me? 10 years I've been given dawah? I've been praying to Hajjah for 10 years? I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been? No, he looks at himself. And I'm sorry if this is hard for us to swallow, but I think this is what I needed to hear and y'all needed to hear too. You have every reason to sit there and blame God. But you, when you realize that God loves you more than anyone, and everything that he did for you is nothing but pure goodness, then you become content and not only content, but happy. Happy. I was at the gym, the spotter put more weight on. I was like, Good looks. <laughs> the trainer was like, You got to do another eight minutes on the bike. I was like, I love you. I love you. Thank you. So the Prophet said him, He says, Allahumma inni ashku. I complain about the weakness, my weakness and my inability to plan and how low I am in the sight of people. Then he says, Ya Allah, who do you hand me over to? He's showing his humility. I told you when qaba, taqdeer, when fate hits you, humble yourself. Humble, let it make you cry. That's OK. He says, uh, who do you hand me over to, Ya Allah? Is there an enemy that will be in control of me? Malaktahu and he says these words, and I want you to remember, write down, think of these words. He says, "Illam yakun bika alayya fala That's the climax right there. He goes, "Ya Allah, despite what I'm going through, if you're not upset, I'm good." Meaning the external state actually doesn't matter as long as I'm striving and struggling towards good. If you're actually pleased with me right now, I'm good. I'm okay. I'll take it. And then he says, He says, but if you could drop some of that tranquility on me, I'd like that too. <laughs> Just leaves it like what I prefer. I'm happy however you my lot is. But if you could just sprinkle a little bit of that tranquility, wouldn't be too bad. Then he continues. He prays to Allah and he says, just don't let your anger come down on me. Don't let your anger come down on me. Here's the deal. And we're going to move forward. Here's the relationship. There's a hadith that says, if you want to know how much, if you want to know your rank in the sight of God, it's easy. Just see. Allah's rank to you in the sight of everything in this world. If you want to know how close you are to Allah, it's easy. Look at the hadith. Whoever truly wants to know, I wonder how much Allah truly loves me. I wonder how close I am to Allah. Just look at where you place God in your life. That's all you got to see. The reason I say that is because the reward for your pleasure with God is Allah being pleased with you. Whatever we bring to God, Allah brings that back to us. And so Imam Ghazali, he says, you could busy yourself all day with why. Why did this happen to me? Why is my life the way it is? Or you could look at what God wants from me in this moment and push through it, push through that moment. Don't focus on what the why is, but rather focus on what God wants from you in this moment. So Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says that the third thing you need in order to have a clean mind, a clear mind, is you have to have the, content, the, the quality of ridha I'm good. I'm pleased with whatever Allah has written for me. And I'll just say this before we go on to the next one. If, if you're not happy with what you have now, you'll never be happy with what you get. If you're not happy now, nothing in the world will bring you contentment. But that's the hadith of the Rasul, he said, if you had one valley of gold... Which, that, which we have, oh, wealthiest people of the world. If you had one valley of gold, guess what? You just want 2,500 more square feet. You just want a little bit more. So he goes on. Imam Ghazali, he says, the third thing that you need to free your mind is you need to have the quality of Ridha. I'm content, I'm happy with what Allah has ordained with me. And he says the, the, the reward for that, that God gives you is he says, you're pleased with me, I'm pleased with you. I want to say one more thing before we go on. There's a dua that the Prophet taught us to read every morning and every evening. And it's powerful because it reminds you about what we're reading right now. biLlahi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam wa The Prophet said, read this three times in the morning and three times in the evening. What does it mean? I'm pleased with Allah. And it's funny because it's an affirmation you could be having the worst day possible. The worst day possible. But this time to read this dua comes. And what do you say? Billah. Radi, بِاللَّهِ I'm happy, Ya Allah, with you. Whatever you send my way. So this is the dua the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi taught us to read.
1: Then Imam Ghazali, he
0: goes, the last thing that you need to protect yourself from being so preoccupied that you can't worship is a quality that most Muslims have heard of before, but it's time for us to revisit it and study it more, is the concept of sabr. He says, "Shada'id difficulties and hardships in life will preoccupy you. It's quite different than qadha. Qadha is what's written for you. And our questioning of why, why, why. He's saying the next thing is just hardships in life, the difficulties of life. He says, the only way you'll be able to get around hardships is with a quality in Arabic called sabr, patience, the ability to control, hold yourself. He says you have to be patient. Why? He says, Tawasul ilal ibada. He says, a lot of our worship that we do, you can't get to the true fruit of that ibadah unless you have the quality of sabr. The true fruit of that, the true benefit of it? Let me give an example. Tahajjit. You want the true fruit? What is Tahajjit, first of all? To wake up in the middle of the night, 2, 3 a.m., give up your sleep, make your wudu, wash up, cold water, whatever, and to stand on your prayer rug before Allah. Nobody knows, darkness of your room. The Prophet, he prayed Tajjit so much and he spoke so much about the gifts that God gives the people that wake up in the middle of the night for this special prayer. But yo, it's not easy. Not easy. That blanket be heavy. <laughs> I don't know why it'd be, the room be colder. If you married it, would even feel even more snuggly, you know what I mean? Difficult. But see, But see, the fruit, is only given to the people of patience. And see, for us, patience, we think patience means to hold back. Sabr in that moment is sabr of getting over your sleep and love and affinity for that rest, for something greater. So, sabr is a word, it doesn't just mean to be patient. You can only learn sabr through examples. An example of sabr is your ability to get up in the middle of the night when no one sees you. And pray to Allah subhanahu wa taala, and give up the most precious thing, precious thing, which is your sleep. So He says, "Atawasul al ibadah, for you to get to the true core of worship, you have to have patience. It's all based on your ability to be patient and to do hard things and to handle difficulty. فَمَلَمْ يَكُنْ صَبُورًا Whoever doesn't have the quality of constraint and the ability to hold themselves, you can't get to the reality of worship. Why so? Number one, worship is hard. Worship is hard. And that's why there's so many ahadith about worshiping Allah, praying and fasting. All of these things, they're difficult. And the only way you do it is by conquering your lower self and pushing yourself to be your best self. Number two, he says, the reason you need patience is uh, this is the, the, the house, the abode of trial and tribulation. This is the, the house of difficulty. He says, Whoever's living, la there's no doubt you're going to go through hardship. And the only way to overcome this is to be patient. And he says, number three reason why you got to have patience because you're seeking the akhirah, You're seeking Jannah. What are you here for? What are we striving for? Why are we in this gathering right now? We're trying to learn how to get Jannah. And he says, The people of the akhirah they go through the hardest difficulties. Why? Because they love Allah the most. Listen closely, help yourself understand what's going on in Gaza, in Palestine and all the places of the world of, of, of difficulty. He says he says man kana lillahi ta'ala aqrab whoever's closest to god fa al-masa'ib lahu dunya akthar the difficulties in the dunya are a bit more for them why the prophet alayhi salatu wa he said listen closely as if you've never heard it before ashaddu an-nas bala'a al-anbiya' thumma the prophet said the ones who go through the most difficulty in life are the prophets of God. And then the martyrs, the martyrs. So he says, then once you make a choice to become a righteous person, you better be ready. The haters are going to come from everywhere. Once you make a choice to be on this path of righteousness. I first converted. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know so many people cared about me. All the haters came out the woodwork. Oh, you going to the mosque now? You didn't even know my name last week, but now you care about me. He says, once you choose ibadah, get ready. Yeah, let me share something with y'all. So, you know, when the Prophet ﷺ was going to Medina, the the Ansar came to Medina to tell him, come, we got your back. It was called Bayatul Uqba Tathani, the second Bayatul Uqba. And so there are a bunch of young. There's some like 30 youngins, like young dudes, teenagers, 20 year olds, and they're like hyped. They're like, "Yeah, come, we got you. We know how to squabble. We're people of war. We can fight. We got your back, ya Rasulullah." And Abbas is a is a. He's not Muslim yet. He's the uncle of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he's he's not Muslim, but he loves Muhammad sallallahu alaihi and so once they're welcoming him, Abbas stands up and he says, are y'all really ready for this? Are you ready for all of the Arabs to come at you from واحدة, to shoot at you from one bow, meaning collectively come at y'all? Are you ready? This is what they said. It's almost as if he's dissuading them, but he's not. He's letting them know the reality of what they're taking on. He says, are you ready to lose wealth and maybe family defending this man? And what did they say? They said, Ya Rasulullah, if we do that, what do we get? He said, Falakumul Janna. You're doing this for jannah. It's not for me. It's for jannah. They said, we're ready. Let's go. The point I'm, I'm trying to make here is the deen is beautiful because it, it, it allows us to understand ahead of time. When you make this choice to be righteous, and that's why I started with that hadith that says, Jannah is surrounded by difficulties. Because if somebody told you that this journey in Islam is going to be easy, I'm sorry, they, 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 they didn't let you know the reality. Because the reality is there's gonna be a struggle. Now I'll be real, you start to love the struggle though. You start to love the struggle, like them running dudes. I used to be one, yeah, I haven't run in a minute. No, you start to love the struggle because you realize what you're doing it for. But the point is, it's about realizing the difficulty will be there. And so Imam Ghazali, he says, once you start heading towards the Akhira, these difficulties are going to come. One after the next, they're going to come. And he says, and you have to have this quality of patience so that you're able to traverse these difficulties. People hating on you, calling you names, ridiculing you, mocking you—you're going to have to put up with that. You won't be able to reach ibadah unless you're able to have patience. And so then he goes on forward and he says there are benefits in the akhirah, there are benefits in the next world to this suburb as well. He says the Quran tells us one of the benefits of patience is a victory over your enemies. فصبر. لِلْمُتَّقِينَ He says another benefit of your patience is you will reach your objectives صَبَرُ You'll reach your objectives. He's trying to tell us what we're going to get as we become people of, 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 of sabr. He says وَمِنْهَا مِّنْ Allah praises you because of the verses إِنَّا We found Ayub to be such a, per, a patient servant. What a beautiful servant. al One thing you will gain is the love of God. Why? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, yuhibbu Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the people of patience. So what does, Imam Ghazali ta'ala, what does Imam Ghazali tell us here? Imam Ghazali is now telling us, you need number one to have ridha contentment with the Qadah. The, the contentment with what God has written for you, and you need patience. I want to share one thing here. Imam Ghazali, he says, a lot of times we get angry with Allah because of the difficulties that have been thrown at us. And Imam Ghazali shares a beautiful insight, and I want to share that with you. He says, uh, let me give an example. He says that, uh, What do you say about a, uh, a very professional? Caring and loving doctor. When he stops the marid from drinking or eating certain foods that they like. And he forces him to take some very bitter medicine. What do you say about that doctor? The guy who's taking this medicine, you can see the grimace in the face. You can see the difficulty he's going through. أَتُرَاهُ أَنَّهُ فَعَلَ ذَٰلِكَ Do you think he did this out of hatred for this, this man? He said, كَلَّا, no. This doctor, Nushun, did it out of care وإحسان and, 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 and doing good because this doctor knew for sure that there was goodness in this person not being given what they want but rather what they need in the moment. So he says, فَتَأَمَّلْ أَيُّهَا الرَّجُلِ He says, so think oh me and you brother and sister He says think for a moment إِذَا حبص اللَّهُ عنك, If Allah holds back a little bread and a few dollars His words not mine إِذَا حبص اللَّهُ عَنْكَ درحما, A little bread and a little other bread فَتَعْلَمْ يَقِينًا So then you should know for sure يَمْلِكْ ما تريد. He owns what you need, what you want and he has the ability to give it to you. And he's generous. Hold up. He's saying, when you see a door closing, and the one who closed the door has all the keys to every door, and is the most loving of you, what conclusion should you come to? That he hates me? That he's angry with me? La. No. He says and he knows your state. Does he not know what we're going through? He knows you. فَلَا وَلَا He doesn't have, he doesn't not have, he's not in, unable, it's not hidden. فَإِنَّهُ well. He is the most rich and the most knowing and the most generous. He says, what should your state truly be in that moment? He said, patience, patience and understanding that Allah Subh'ana, subhanahu wa ta'ala will only give me what is best for me? And he says one last thing. And this will be the conclusion of this hurdle. He gives us this beautiful insight onto how to deal with calamities in our lives. Now, I, I, before I read this, Imam Ghazali is genius. But you can't use these things in the difficulty. These are things you have to practice before. You know, in many sports, you would have practice in game day. Practice in game day. And game day is only going to bring out what practice did. A lot of these spiritual exercises we do, you have to practice them before the calamity so that when the calamity hits, the muscle memory kicks in. The muscle memory kicks in. I know what to do now. I'm ready for this. Listen to these words of Imam Ghazali. When a calamity, a difficulty hits us, me and you, not someone else, how do we handle calamities in our lives? Imam Ghazali says this, when a calamity hits you, and something you don't like befalls you, something difficult, first world, third world problem, don't matter, difficulty. And I think we need to understand not to be little difficulties. A lot of us right now, when we see what we say as true hardship, we feel that our hardship is nothing. But the hadith tell us quite the contrary, Habibi. The hadith tell you that there's reward even if a thorn pricks you. So, so don't belittle the hardship that Allah puts you through. One of my favorite hadith is in Riyadh al saliheen where the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Was, said, musiba حتى when you reach your hand in one pocket and the thing you were looking for was in the other pocket. That's my favorite hadith. <laughs> Be losing my keys all the time. I air tag all day they like such a first-world problem. And right now, as we see our ummah going through serious, what we call serious calamities, and they are. It makes us not realize that whatever we go through, we are rewarded for too. So he says, When you find yourself visited by something you dislike, فَتُرَائِي نَفْسَكَ عِنْدَ ذلك. Alright, you gotta grab yourself in this moment. You gotta look closely at your heart in this moment. He said, he said, gather your heart so that you don't tezah, you don't uh, lose your composure. You don't jeza have extreme anxiety. Grab yourself, hold your heart so you don't have jeza. Jeza is just this frankness, you, you lose yourself. minhu shikaya. First thing. Never let any shikaya, any shikwa, any complaints come out. He says, Siyama ma'inda sadamata ula Especially when it first hits. Because that's where it comes the hardest. This is hadith. The Prophet ﷺ, he was walking past a lady whose son had just died. And she was crying. And uh, she didn't know who he was. She, she, she's sitting on the ground crying. And so he walks past her and he, and he just whispers to her, It'll be okay. Be patient. And she doesn't know who he is, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so she, she, she doesn't even look up. She just says, You haven't gone through what I'm going through. The prophet lost five children in his life. He didn't say that. He just kept walking. He just kept walking. He got home. As soon as he walked away, somebody told Auntie, you know who that was, right? And she said, she ran to the Prophet's house. And she said, she said, I didn't know it was you. And then he gave her advice. He said, As sabr in the ula." He said that sabr only needs to be had in the first hit. Because it gets lighter and lighter after that moment. The first hit of the Musibah? If you just hold it, it gets easier. So he says, hold yourself in that first moment. That's the most critical time. He says, your nafs just wants to, just wants to trip out. It wants to lose itself. What are we going to do? What are we going to, it wants to lose itself. But you got to hold yourself. And this is what you say to yourself. He says, I want you to say these words to your own nafs. Your own heart. Ya nafsu. Hadihi kada wakaat. Say these words. Oh my oh nafs, oh Mikayo. Hadihi kada wakaat. It's happened. This thing has happened. Lost the job. Lost a loved one. Something. Say to yourself, it's happened. Face reality. He says, Hadihiqa da wakaat. Fala heila tali def there's no way. To push it away, it happened. There's no way, Mikayo. This is what he's saying say to yourself. There's no way to push it away. And he says, But you know Allah has pushed bigger things away from you. You know there's bigger things in life Allah has pushed away from you, protected you from. He says, Say to yourself, There's so many things that could have gone wrong and Allah has pushed those away. This one thing happened in Look closely. Say to your nafs, Mikael, this is going to pass. It's going to be gone soon. naha This is a cloud. Look at Imam Ghazali is teaching us how to he- handle that hardship. It's a cloud that's going to pass. Let it go. So say to yourself, di, Oh nafs, get strong. Man up. Woman up. Get strong. Just get a little strong. Li, and Tawilan. You'll find deep happiness inside, Odnafs. Watawab and Jazilan. You'll find amazing happiness. Bada Allah After understanding there's no one to push this away. Fala fa'ida There's no need, there's no benefit in us losing it. There's no musiba hardship, in reality, if we respond with sabr and patience. If we respond to the difficulty with patience, then there was no calamity. There was nothing but reward. There was nothing but blessing. If we respond with composure, with trust, then there wasn't a calamity. Because it got you closer to Allah. فتشغل. So what do I do right now? What should I do though? I need something to do. He says... Say to yourself, "Fatashqil lisanaka." Get your heart, your tongue busy with "Inna Lillahi wa Inna rajiun, Alhamdulillah, all praise to Allah, Subhanallah. Get your heart in that moment, just accustomed to remembrance of Allah. And this is what I was saying before. The Hadith tells us, "Whoever recognizes, knows, and gets to know God." In the time of ease, Allah will remember them and know them in the time of difficulty. You know what that means to me? The one who's used to remembering God in the time of ease, when the hardship hits, default. They go back to the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They go back because that was what they were used to. So he says, uh, وَتَذَكُرْ sabara." He says, and also now. So he spoke to his heart. He told us, Tell your heart, this is passing. Tell your heart, don't worry. Allah has pushed away greater things from us. Tell your heart, the only thing that Allah wants from us is patience in this moment. And then he said, then busy your tongue in remembering Allah. But then he said, وَتَذَكَّرُ And think about the people of true sabr." I mean, who are the people of true sabr right now? He says, think of the people of true sabr. Think of them. And Allah, the people ما يحصل He says سامحني uh, He says على من الأنبياء والأولياء He says think of the people of true suburb from the patients, from the prophets, the friends of God and those who are elevated in the sight of Allah What he means here is when we are put through our difficulty take a moment and pause and take benefit or take motivation from the people who have really gone through difficulties and shown us true exemplary suburb and patience, who never lost faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, think of them. Make yourself strong by remembering them. Make yourself strong by reflecting on them. That is, that's, what, that's what Allah wants from us in this moment, to look at them and tamathul bihim and emulate them. So he says, وَإِذَا anka risk.'" He says, uh, if Allah holds back some risk from you, job, whatever it may be, what dunya, say to yourself, Ya nafs. Say to yourself, like you lost a job. You, you know, something happened. A door closed. What do you do? What do you think? He says, say to, your نفس, say to yourself in that moment. It's beautiful. He says, say to yourself, Ya nafs. O self, O oh mikayo. أَعْلَمْ فِي Allah knows my state better. وَأَرْحَمْ بِك He's more generous to me than anyone. He feeds everyone. حَتَّى الْكَافِرْ عَدُوَّهُ SubhanAllah. He says Allah even feeds the disbelieving enemy of his. For what about you? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not hold back I was on the phone with a good friend of mine Just today And this was all we talked about He's lost stuff that Would be difficult for us to fathom But all he kept saying is He's opening such doors for me right now He's opening such doors for me right now And all I could say is You're my example You're my example So Imam Ghazali now He wraps up this fourth hurdle, and this is what he says, it's over at this point. He has more hurdles to cross, but for the last five weeks, we've just been focusing on the fourth hurdle, which had four things. So he says, <laughs> He's congratulating us thinking that we read it one time and we acted on it. <laughs> he thinks we done, we done mastered this. So he's like, congratulations. I'm like, yo, we still practicing, Imam. He says, الْأَرْبَعَةِ You've crossed these four things. Your worry for risk, uh, sustenance. Your worry about the decisions you have to make. Your, your, your worry about why me? Why the difficulties I'm going through? And your worry about hardships when they come. You've mastered those. You've learned how to get past them. So he says, kufita uh, mu'nataha, wa عِنْدَ اللَّهِ you have now become mutawakkil, mufawwid, raadin, sabirin. It's deep. He goes, You've become mutawakkil, one who trusts God, mufawid, one who gives their affairs over to God, raadin, someone pleased with God, and sabir, someone who's patient. You know what I realized? Imam Ghazali, you know what he told us? He told us, he said that. We're on a path to ibadah And there are hurdles that are in the way That when we pass these hurdles We'll get to the destination of ibadah I think Imam Ghazali played us low-key You know why? Because the journey is what makes you the servant It's not the destination It's if you stay on this journey And you keep crossing each hurdle The hurdle of worry about risk The 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 hurdle about worrying about Where your food's going to come from the, the hurdle about worrying about calamities. Each of these, if you cross each one, slowly but surely, you become a true servant of God. So, so it's not just a, a pathway to worship, staying on this, wahada sirati mustaqima, This is the path. And that's why in every prayer, we're like, show us the path, show us the path. Because if we just stay on this path, y'all, we become true servants of God. And that's all we're struggling for. So he says, we'll finish here. He says, uh, so now you have become a mutawakkil you trust God. mufawwid you've let Allah decide the deep issues in your life. Radin, you're pleased with his, his, his decree. What's written for me is written for me, alhamdulillah. But I'm going to strive for good, remember that. I'm going to strive to find his pleasure. And sometimes striving to find his pleasure... Meanings removing the things that he dislikes, fighting for the sake of God, speaking for the sake of God, writing for the sake of God, posting for the sake of God, however we can. So then he says, <coughs> "We're almost done." <laughs> he goes, "Now you, you, you get something else: tranquility, tranquility, peace of mind, Tr- peace of mind." That's the beauty of being able to sit on the musalla, to sit in the masjid and just do dhikr. That takes a, a, a peace of mind. There's so many things you had to push away to get to that spot. And that's why the Prophet Sallallahu he said, the most beautiful thing, ju'ila qura fi, a salat the peace of mind, the thing that gives me most comfort is prayer. Because in order to truly engage in the prayer, you had to establish that peace of mind. So he says, so now you have gained why does he say you gain the peace of heart and body? Because he said earlier, a lot of us are wearing ourselves out for a risk that's already written for us. Striving too hard. Striving too hard. No time for the Quran or the remembrance of Allah. Why? Oh, because I got to grind. لا. That's maktub for you already. Give, give, give back to Allah. You have a love of Allah. Now you have the best of this world and the next. And now the pathway of worship for you is straight. There's not There's no thing stopping you and there's nothing distracting you. kuntahina Now at this point you have crossed a very difficult Hurdle, And he says We ask Allah to allow us to continue to move forward He says we ask Allah to give us the ability to do this All affairs are in his hands So Imam Ghazali with this has given us now that fourth hurdle And next week Next week is the 20th. Yeah, next week, inshallah, uh, we begin his fifth hurdle. Um, Imam is he's, he's done with things that stop us. See, you know, there's a lot of things in a race that will stop you from moving forward. There's a lot of things in Ibadah in this path that will stop you. But it's about time we talk about the things that will push us. It's about time we talk about the things that will motivate us to run more, to go towards that end, that final destination, to keep pushing And so Imam Ghazali now comes to the valley, a very important hurdle of Bawa'ith, or the things that will push you on this path. That's important. Now we need to move on from the things that stop us and be motivated. How do we move forward? on this path of ibadah. And so next week inshallah ta'ala, we'll start this one inshallah ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who truly trust in Him. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who turn our affairs over to Him. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who are content with our destiny. We are content with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained with us. And we ask Allah to make us of those who strive to be people of truth and people that are working against things that displease Him. And we ask Allah to make us of those who are sovereign, who are patient. We ask Allah to allow us to stay calm and tranquil in the in the in the in the calamities and allow us to remember Him and remember that He only wants what is best for us. Ahuluk awlihada, wa Sakhrullah <laughs> kum, wa disa' al-Muslimin Fastaqfiru, innahuhu al-Gafuru Rahim. Juzakalla khair